and you're having to make out with one of the lead actors and they're like is it cool if we do a bunch of tongue and in your heart you're like oh why that's not even a hot way to kiss but then you can't say that to the person like the actor you're performing with and the creator you have to just be like yeah no problem love it the intimacy coordinator is crucial to make the actor feel protected and heard in a non-judgmental way hi kirby hi sarah Welcome to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have such a fun episode today. Such a fun guest. Such a fun guest. I was extremely excited because I am a fan and... Her show, Minx, is truly like one of the best pieces of television out there. If you're not on the Minx train, get on your HBO Max and watch it. It is so, so good. And it's coming back for a season two. We have Jessica Lowe on. Yes, we do. She is a delight. In addition to being a actress, writer, comedian, beauty person beautiful person beautiful a beautiful <laughs> person a beautiful yes. person in addition to being a beautiful person she is a beauty person like she is so obsessed with beauty skincare and that's why we wanted her on in addition to you know all of the the incredible work she's done um i don't know if you watched her instagram stories yesterday kirby but she was posting about how she loves upneek oh <gasps> Oh my God, a girl after my own heart. I missed yeah, it. Yeah, and then she messaged me and I was like, Kirby's essentially like their spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> essentially. Like, it's, like, I mean, you you were. Like, you were like an ambassador. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, that is too funny. I need to message her about that. No, yeah. I, it's so funny because she says something in this interview that I think um, is really interesting. How she talks to other actors or like listens to other actors in interviews and how they're like, I don't know. I spent years in the makeup chair having other people do my makeup for me. I don't really know how to do my own makeup. And, I, and she's like, are you crazy? Like, how are you not like trying to figure out what these people are doing to you? Totally. You're asking all the questions. Yeah. I mean, Kirby, you've interviewed, obviously, we've, we both have interviewed so many celebrities where it's clear when someone does not care about like makeup or beauty. No. And you're talking to them and you're like, okay, you're just like getting that making cash this up. Getting that yeah, cash getting money. That cash. But yeah, Jess is truly like like especially when you listen to her what's on her face. Like she goes through every single product in such detail and like, you know, how she uses it, where she discovered it. Like she is true she is a true glamgelina. You know what? I, okay, so you were telling me that she's like really into beauty, and like, I mean, obviously, I I liked her because I was a, I'm a fan of her work. Yeah. But I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, she's an actress. Like, she's probably just right. like getting whatever people send to her and like talking about that because you know you can tell. Like, like you, you said, can tell. like when people when celebrities in particular are talking about certain stuff on their Instagrams, it's like. Yeah, you just got sent this. You didn't look into it. You're just like, oh, I kind of like it, whatever. Yeah, but you didn't really test it. Exactly. Like, but yeah. she, 
during this interview, the the brands that she talks about and like the makeup that she likes and stuff like that, it just you know she's an insider. She's just like yeah. in it. She's like Sephora Rouge. She's and like she, yeah, she's paying with her her own money. Yes, which by the way, this is now a PSA because I know we have publicists and brands listening to this podcast. Hook her up and get her in a campaign. She is it. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's so funny. And she knows what the hell she's talking about. She's so relatable. So for those who may not be familiar with her, repertoire. <laughs> yes. She was on Blended. She was on Rep. Yes. She was yep. uh, is on Minx, which is coming back for a second season. The Righteous Gemstones. Yes, the Righteous, righteous Gemstones. That's a really hard... Uh, title to say the whitest whitest gemstones gemstones. (laughs) and she is in comedy central's latest movie called cursed friends yes which is like a spooky kind of scary uh take on the mash game which we love which is we love (laughs) it's like nostalgic horror which is great and that's out now on paramount plus Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why, I mean, it, that's kind of like the synergy here because it's spooky season. She's in the spooky show. So um, give Jess a follow. Her Instagram is Jess Marlowe, J-A-E-S-S-M-A-R-L-O on Instagram. And enjoy the interview. Okay, wait, Sarah, how do you and Jess know each other? So we know each other through Melissa Hunter because Jess and Melissa, you guys are like work wives from many, many, many years ago. Correct. Melissa and I went to Northwestern together. We ended up on a sketch team in uh, Los Angeles together. And I remember you came to her birthday party at Golden Road Brewery and you just had like a hundred pieces of makeup and skincare. And I was like, who is this gorgeous, glorious being? Bring my favorite presents. (laughs) (laughs) And Jess, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys used to like work on editorial together, right? Like red carpet stuff or no? No, I've, we've never done that. But we played dumb idiots who look like they would do that type of thing. <laughs> Not that they're dumb idiots. Oh, God. No, that's <laughs> dumb of me to assume. Okay, no, no, no. So you guys are just like friends from college, comedy, BFFs, and have stayed close for the last, what, like, I don't know. I'm not going to try to guess how many years, but forever. What does Melissa not do, Jess? She wrote on She-Hulk. She created the character Madison, which is blowing up. I don't know if you guys... Oh my God, yes. And she's also in the new J-Lo, Josh Newmel movie. And she wrote the final pass on that and then was the punch-up writer on set And when they shot in Dominican Republic. And she cannot be stopped. She also writes on numerous other shows. We tip our hat to Melissa Hunter because literally she basically made that movie look good after Army Hammer had to be removed from it. So let's just say she's doing the Lord's work in some fashion. Gosh, that's so great that the both of you are so successful and are still close. That warms my heart. Oh my gosh. Well, she's the best. So, okay, Jess, this is not even a question. This is more of like a statement I want to put into the world. Okay, so I'm obsessed with The Girls Next Door. Do you remember the show from E? Yeah, and I know exactly where you're going with this. You have to play Bridget. I'm going to write this. I'm going to write like a limited series. It's going to be like a dramedy <laughs> on like the emotional terrorism and trauma of Hugh Hefner. And you have to play Bridget. Like you would nail Bridget. It would be incredible. 
Do you know something? One of my first films in Los Angeles was produced by Bridget Marquardt. It was a horror movie shot at the Playboy Bunny House, which is like an annex for extra bunnies. And I get stabbed in the scapula. (laughs) And like, I mean, it was this like 1950s bungalow that's across the street from the Playboy Mansion. And there's just like peroxide stains on all the carpets. Like every bathroom is carpeted and it smells old. And she was a delight. She's absolutely the sweetest person. She seems truly like a magical unicorn. But I have to assume, so she was directing it. Like perhaps she casted you because you're like her younger sister or something. Like literally, like when I was first watching Minx, I was like, she reminds me of someone. I don't know who. And then it started to come around. I'm like, yes, this is happening. I envision it. I see it happening. It would be iconic. I worked with a Polish accountant for many years when I was working in Amsterdam. And Sylvia would always say, oh my God, you're Bridget. You're Bridget. (laughs) For the rest of the time I was there, she called me Bridget. (laughs) She never called me Jessica once. (laughs) That's hilarious. I love it so much. Okay, so Jess... One of the big reasons, aside from the fact that we're huge fans of you and your work, that you're on Los Angeles is because you are like such a beauty girl. Anytime I post anything like a new gadget, you have all the questions you like know about it. You are like through and through makeup, skincare fan, which we love. We love to have you on here to talk all about it. So we are going to ask you a question called what's on your face. Can you share some of your like current favorites? Maybe what's currently on your face or what you're just like obsessed with right now? My greatest discovery of the last year is You Beauty. And I've turned like 18 people onto it. The resurfacing compound, I'm like a makeup freak and a skincare freak. And I would do like 17 steps. And sometimes when I was turning like a new vitamin C serum or like a new hyaluronic acid, it would peel under makeup or like pill. And the thing that got me when they targeted me on Instagram is that it replaces like 17 steps in the morning. So it's got your vitamin C. They say that's like a siren compound. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's literally like it sloughs off all the like dead skin and like helps with resurfacing and brightening. And then the super hydrator is what I do after that. And then I do an eye cream and it's like completely simplified my morning routine, at least. And I just love it. And if they would sponsor me, I would give a right butt cheek because it's expensive. (laughs) That shit ain't cheap. (laughs) We love you, beauty. Have you tried the cream? No, I want it so badly. The barrier you're supposed to put on afterwards for night. Yep. You would love it. If you ever have like any redness, irritation from anything, like it just completely saves your skin. And then for me, like I have really dry skin, so it just like sucks it all up. We'll connect you with Tina Chen. I never tune into Instagram lives. Whenever it's like, you beauty is going live, I just watch her take off all of her makeup. And she's like, you know, I'm old. And I'm like, no, you're freaking not. And then she's just putting like $85 lip gloss on, so much lip gloss. I'm like, look at this glowy angel. Yeah, she's fabulous. And then... Like, I love bougie. I love like Armani for like red carpets as far as foundation goes. Cause I, I use the like CC cream a lot, but the nude glow, it gives you that SPF 40. And I just feel like it gives you like a radiance and a glow. I think as I've gotten older, 
it's more about emphasizing positive traits than camouflaging things I'm concerned about and not looking like you're wearing a full face. Like you're going to Trader Joe's. What the fuck are you doing? Like minimal coverage. You got your SPF. And it just makes me feel confident. And, but it doesn't look like I'm wearing like a full face. If you use like a matte concealer, like under the eyes, around the nose, and then set just those spots with like a really finely milled powder, I feel like it's sort of like the no makeup makeup look. So is that what you're wearing right now? Yes. Okay. Because I'm seeing the glow. Yes. Well, and then a bunch of other goddamn shit because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> oh, and then the, I think the glow might be from I went to the Nordstrom anniversary sale and I got a three pack of like Westman Atelier products, face products. And I love the highlight stick and the baby cheeks blush stick just in a little sear on the eye. You have to be like on beauty PR. I don't understand how you're not. Yeah, you're really good at explaining and selling. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so funny because all the stuff that you've talked about is stuff that Sarah and I have both talked about during What's on Our Face at different episodes. So you really do know what you're talking about. Have you always been like obsessed with makeup and skincare? Is this something that you learned like, you know, while sitting in countless makeup chairs? I think it's a combination of the two. Like my mom is very low maintenance, usually no makeup. She's a lawyer. And she had some like, crummy like Maybelline blushes and I remember I went into her makeup drawer and I got some Maybelline blush and I used like the brush that was attached to it and I just went ham on my cheek and I was just like these like little couchettes little like (laughs) like a French puppet and she was like did you put on some blush and I was like no because kids are liars and then there was like a giant blush mark on our wall at exactly Jessica height. <laughs> she was like, Jessica! And then I asked for the Kevin Aquan makeup book for like my 12th birthday. And I recreated Lucy Liu angelic look that he created for homecoming. So that was my first beauty tutorial. And then I probably sat in a makeup chair for a thousand hours of my life and just seeing different techniques, different brushes, different application methods. It like seeped in, obviously, because it's been enough time, which is why when Kyle Richard's sister, uh, the blonde, do you guys watch Beverly Hills? Yes. Kim Richards or Kathy? Okay. Kim Richards. Yeah. Kim goes, I don't know how to put on makeup. I've been an actor my whole life. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you sleeping in a chair? You're not like looking at things and asking questions. (laughs) What the hell is going on? (laughs) She's in like a fugue state. Speaking of makeup chairs, the show that I just have been obsessed with this entire year has been Minx. How proud are you of Minx? I mean, it's the best. I think it is so smart. I would take a road trip with any member of the cast, which is like my highest compliment. Everyone is just like a joy to be with, super prepared, super game. And I'm so lucky to be on a show that like my mom loves, all my girlfriends love. Like it just hits every note. My husband loves it. Yeah, it's the best. Your mom loving it is big because it's pretty provocative. Like I remember when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, wow, that's a dick. And a lot of them, a super cut. Full on dick montage. Yeah, it is a super cut of just every type, which it's about damn time. The crazy thing about the pilot, which we shot like in the thick, it was like November, 2020, is I didn't think we were going to be in the room for any live dick. I thought it was going to be a like point of view shot. 
it wouldn't be like over our shoulder shot. And so the montage, obviously they have intimacy coordinators and they're extremely professional as far as like the way they handle nudity on the show. But there's one guy who we have to like watch pants himself. And I didn't think we were going to be in the room with him. And we sort of like insult his, his D and it ended up not being a fitting description of his penis. So we had to change it a little bit because it was supposed to be a short fatty and then it ended up being sort of like a short lefty. And I had to tell that to this man's face. (laughs) That's so funny. You brought this up because I was literally wanting to know were you in the room when all this was happening? Because like there are over the shoulder shots, but I was like, are those stand-ins? Like I had no idea because, you know, this really is like, I feel like the first time outside of like literal porn that we're seeing like so many male penises on a screen and actual male penises. I'm so glad you brought that up because Carly Herbert, who is on your show. She's the makeup head. She's incredible. I asked her, I was like, are these all prosthetic penises? Like, how does this work? She's like, no, some of them are real. Some of them are prosthetic. If they are doing anything like they're erect or they're peeing or whatever, they have to be fake. But if they're just there, they can be actual penises. And I was like, oh my God. So that was a whole dick montage of real penises. Like I'm shook. I am shook. Shook. Yeah, they did use some prosthetics for like some of the love interests and the centerfold guys, the ones with like a lot of lines, like the David and the fireman and the football player. Yeah, those were all prosthetics. And Carly is just like so game and so good. I think one of them was Tommy Lee's prosthetic from Pam and Tommy. I don't remember which one. It's the same mold. It's like the same mold. So it's like the guy that makes these penises. There is a guy. His name is Jason Collins. I love that Kirby, by the way, (laughs) is the Hollywood peeing expert now. Well, that is because I wrote a story for Laura about this. So like I interviewed Carly, I interviewed Donnie Davey from Euphoria, and they were telling me, yeah, there's just like a guy in the valley that makes all these penises. And I'm like, there's one dude. So I go and I meet him and it's the same thing. So it's a mold that says literally like Tommy's penis on it and they will use it to like craft the penises. Just to be clear, it's not Sebastian Stan's penis. Like everyone thinks like, They molded it around. I'm like, no, they actually like created this mold to look just like Tommy Lee's penis from the sex tape. So that penis from Minx, the football players, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this huge erect penis in this show. (laughs) You're like, you're laughing because it's just like so out of control. But it's like the same penis that they used. There's like a back and forth with like how erect he's able to be in the magazine. And it's like, all right, can I do 80%? Because the football player wants to be like a hundred to really show what he's working with. And they're like, no, we can't, we can't do that. Okay, bud. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love like how supportive your husband is. Like you were sharing on Instagram stories, like him, like reacting to like your sex scenes and stuff. Was it awkward at all? Like telling him that you were going to be in the show? I'm sure it wasn't because he seemed very lovely. But like, what was that like? No, he is just like the best supporter. There's not a jealous bone in his body. I think it might have helped him not feel like a ting of jealousy with the fact that my love scene was with Lennon, who is just like the warmest, sweetest married woman. Like, and we're just (laughs) very good friends. And he doesn't think that there's any like tinge of like, what are they doing when they're not shooting? Yeah, there's nothing about that. 
But it is awkward to watch like a full-on makeout scene next to your husband. <laughs> oh my God, I can't imagine. So I want to talk about Bambi, your character, who she was in porn before working at Bottom Dollar, correct? Yes. Okay, so what kind of research did you do for this particular role? Because I feel like there's so many different facets for it. Like there's like the porn industry. There's also Southern California in the late 60s, early 70s. Like what kind of research were you particularly doing to like get in character? I mean, a little bit of it feels sort of like Heather Graham's incredible portrayal of uh, Roller Girl. I was listening to a podcast. She was like 14 when she moved to California and she got into porn and sort of like what thrust her there. And it just iconic performance of like 70s, like broken women like Julianne Moore in Boogie Nights has sort of like a depth and seriousness to her. I think she was also in porn in that movie. I always play well-meaning dum-dums and Bambi sort of has, we're not sure if she's a liar or Forrest Gump or what the hell is going on, but she's like lived a thousand lives and survived at least one cult. And yeah, she's very fun to play. (laughs) The beauty aesthetic is for Bambi. Like when you're in the chair, like, are you working with Carly? Is Carly working on you? Or like, did you bring anything to the table or how does that work? Oh, I always request a few things, but I work with Levi, who is just this genius. He's from Brazil. He is so talented and I feel very comfortable with him. There's a lot of Chanel, that cream bronzer. It's like I'm wearing Armani 6.25 versus my normal 5.25 or 4.25. The creator of Minx wanted it to look like I sit outside with copper tone or like olive oil with like aluminum foil and just tan the shit out of myself. So in addition to all this like extra bronzer on my face, they cover my body, every piece of exposed skin with Sally Hansen tan leg makeup. Oh my God. My must have in high school for like school dances. (laughs) I mean, tan is dark, Sarah. Tan is like extremely dark. It's sort of as an orangish tint. Like I'm definitely like a Saint-Tropez lady. So they did that instead of forcing you to have like a super dark self-tan because you needed to like live your life outside of filming? Yes. And the problem is, I mean, I had a lady come to my house during the pandemic to spray tan me for the pilot because they really wanted me to be as dark as possible. And not to get political, but this woman started talking about how this was in like November of 2020. COVID is a hoax. And it was all from Big Pharma and that it's derived from the flu vaccine. (laughs) I was like, ma'am, my titties are out. My titties are out. (laughs) Can we talk about anything else? (laughs) Um, You're like, "Um, my vulva is in your face. Can we not talk about hoaxes? Thanks in advance. Appreciate it. Truly wild. And then also I was doing my Peloton a lot. Any sort of like edge of anything tight would just rub that tan right off. And so it made more sense for me to be doing my base tan with my (laughs) Sandra Bay (laughs) and then them having to like fill in the gaps and like just dark me a little more on set. Ooh, this gets into a whole self-tanning moment because I'm obsessed with self-tanning. So like continuity wise though, like as you start to, you know, shed the tan, like how do they remedy that? Is that this where Sally Hansen comes in? Yes. So Sally Hansen just covers every single piece of skin that's exposed. And like sometimes I'm wearing white and poor Levi is trying desperately to just like get in the nooks and crannies. And then they fix it with 
this spray that's called Fix Plus, or I think it's called Fix Plus. It's not the MAC setting spray. And then at the end of the night, they have to use isopropyl oil to like disrupt the tan and get it off. And that is definitely my least favorite part of the day is like getting it out of my armpits, just using all these little like puffs and covering myself in this gross smelling oil and then scraping my body with hot towels. I can't even imagine how many bottles or cans of Sally Hansen you have to go through. Oh, yeah. I think we like, it's two a week at least of that like to be. Oh, my God. I mean, I was not even thinking about that, but like it must take at least an hour to... To undo. Yeah, to, to decompress after filming. Typical day is 13 hours. And then you go to the makeup trailer and you're like, oh boy, this is going to be a minute. We've gotten it down to like 20 minutes. So it's pretty good. You are filming right now. Yeah, we just started the second episode. And yeah, we're going through December 21st. Exciting. Do you have any updates to the look or your to your character's look? Well, a majority of our wigs and uh, costumes were stolen out of the storage locker. So the Bambi wig was stolen. What? That's like thousands and thousands of dollars. Truly. But I got a new wig and Bambi got highlights. And this wig is Ukrainian hair and apparently costs, I shouldn't even say. Oh, I am not shocked. <laughs> wigs are so fucking expensive. That's why I'm like, my mouth is agape when you're saying that wigs got stolen. It's truly shocking. Some people say it was an inside job, but it wasn't me. Yeah, you're like, I did not steal. And I think actually this is a testament to the hair department on the show because I had no idea you were wearing a wig. I was just like, they styled her hair. It's the first time I've ever worn a wig on the show. I have to say I love it because he pre-styles it. Christopher Fulton is a genius. He's won an Emmy for Fosse Vernon. He did all of the hair for the new, it's called Icon. And it has Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd in it. And that trailer looks ridiculous. He is fantastic. So he'll preset the wig and then I get my hair wrapped. He doesn't even use a wig cap. It takes eight minutes to do that. Then I go to makeup. Then I come back and he puts the wig on and it's like 11 minutes. And typically, like when I just finished this movie, it takes 45 minutes and it's so much heat over and over and over throughout the day. And I got my hair super, super highlighted for the pilot. And it was on my roof during the pandemic. And she had like an old timey dryer that looked like little helmets. And my hair just couldn't take it. Like it completely broke off. I've been taking Nutrafol for the past year to try to help. But like, especially around the hairline, I just felt like I was having like a receding hairline or something after this extreme dye job. So it's protecting my hair and it also expedites the process in the morning, which is the best. That's incredible. Having a wig on though, through your long shoot days, have they figured it out so you're not like sweating? I just imagine like, again, I'm wearing shitty wigs, okay? Not like the iconic wigs that they're using in Hollywood, but like a night at Disneyland during Halloween, I'm sweating profusely under this fucking wig, like get it off of my head. So then imagining having to work and like be in character and not want to rip a wig off of my head sounds miserable. So like, how do they make it so that you are able to perform? Well, my head was measured. A very, very handsome gay man came to my house and measured my hair and like put cellophane all over my head and like marked where my hairline was. And it's very specific. They hand not every single piece of hair into this. And that's why it's so expensive. And it, it just lays perfectly on my head. So it's not tight. It's not binding. It's like custom to you. It's super custom. And then they could pin it versus using a wig cap. And then 
They put some glue like by the ears and then on the top of the forehead. And I typically don't get a headache from it, which is just the best. But it is. I run hot. Wearing a wig is an extra layer of like one of the points of your body that is meant to like release heat. So I'm like, who stole these wigs? Because I feel like you would know immediately if you saw you're like, that's a wig from Mix. That's Bambi's hair. Oh, my God. I want to know now. (laughs) Kirby is troubled. No, I am. I'm just thinking of how much fucking money and time, just like the time that went into making those wigs. I would be inconsolable if I were the hair department head because it's like so much time and fucking money. When it comes to Bambi's makeup look, like, is there like an icon that y'all kind of like gravitate towards? We know it's like bronzy, but like, I'm curious if there's like someone of the time that you kind of are are looking to for inspiration. Yeah. I mean, there's pictures all over the makeup and hair trailers. I think that Sharon Tate has a really gorgeous look, just like a summery Californian, like beach girl and Goldie Hawn. I love Goldie Hawn. And so, yeah, I would say those two. And is it like collaborative where you can be like, I like, I want a little bit more eye or I want, you know, a different, I'm not feeling this look. Yeah. Levi's the best. He'll definitely take my requests under advisement. (laughs) But there's like certain things that I've learned that look good on my face that I can't do with this show because they didn't really have a cat eye. Like they didn't like extend their eyeliner out past the lashes. So like the liner will stop here because it's seventies and yeah, we can't do like a big time contour because that wasn't the look at the time. They have all of these playboys and playgirls from back in that time. And then like Sears catalogs. And it's like, okay, these are the hairstyles and these are the looks. You know what I learned last week? Fun fact at Bobby Brown, when Bobby Brown was still there, they were not allowed to do winged liner until like 10 years ago. For the natural? Wow. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Bobby Brown is very like California, like beachy girl. Like even if they requested it, like they couldn't do it. Yeah. Wild. It looks so much better. Not all of us can get that Bella Hadid fox eye procedure. Okay, so we're going to get into like a full skincare makeup like rundown of like what you've learned over the years. But I do kind of want to go back because of Minx. And if you guys haven't watched Minx many episodes ago, like March, April, I talked about what the show was about. And it's porn through a feminist lens, which is like so, so interesting and it's so smart and it's so funny and all the characters have something to love about them. I'm also highly obsessed with Jake Johnson. I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. I love this man. His jewelry is impeccable. Only the best for Jake Johnson. It gets lost in the chest. It gets lost in the chest hair, all of his amulets. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Which I am absolutely loving. But because there is so much nudity on set, there are sex scenes, etc. You mentioned the intimacy coordinator. And I feel like people don't really understand like what an intimacy coordinator's job is. Are you able to kind of explain like what happens, like especially on your show and how everybody's like kind of kept not in line, but protected in a way? I mean... I've been in this industry for a while and I haven't done anything too sort lascivious. I don't do nudity. I want my parents to watch stuff I've been in. And I'm basically Chris Farley in my heart and in my soul. And 
I just happen to play characters where I'm like, like a, a girl, like that just happens to be the case. And so like, I come to set wearing a giant t-shirt and basketball shorts, like dressed like Sandler. And then I have to wear extremely revealing clothes, especially like I was baking so much during the pandemic and I basically like turned into a muffin and then they were like, okay, let's see that midsection. I'm like, absolutely not. So that took some adjustment and like some getting used to as far as like showing, like wearing skirts so short, if I sat down, my taint would touch chair. <laughs> like it was truly wild. So there's a lot of things throughout the day when you're an actor where you can get influenced to do things where at the start of the day, you're like, I'm not going to do it. I feel comfortable like doing a different version. I'm going to be strong. And then like, especially back in the day, you just feel like you need to act like you're happy to be there at all times, no matter how uncomfortable you are, no matter if in your heart want to say no to things. Like a lot of actors are people pleasers. A lot of us are super insecure and you just want to do what daddy says, basically. And it's back in the day, it was like, come on, it's not that big a deal. And so we have intimacy coordinators now, which are so integral to making an actor feel comfortable doing different things. And it's sort of like a conduit between the actor and the director slash creator. And so, you know, before Lennon and I had our kissing scene, we got a call from the intimacy coordinator separately. Like, what are you comfortable with? What part of your body would you like to show? What would you say is the off limits? So then they can communicate those preferences with the other actor and with the director and creator so that you're not in a room with like some stranger. I would never like Lennon is the best, but if you're a guest star and you're having to make out with one of the lead actors and they're like, is it cool if we do a bunch of tongue? And in your heart, you're like, oh, why? That's not even a hot way to kiss. But then you can't say that to the person, like the actor you're performing with and the creator. You have to just be like, yeah, no problem. Love it. The intimacy coordinator is crucial to make the actor feel protected and heard in a non-judgmental way. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what is like an intimacy coordinator's background? Like, how does one get that? position? Do you know? couldn't tell you. I'm like, is it HR? Like, are you in an HR kind of background? It's sort of, yeah, it is sort of like HR. I mean, psychology, I don't even know. I, I'll have to ask Katie. All I know is she surfs and she has beautiful mermaid hair. So I, uh, I fucked up on that one, guys. No, 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 no. I actually had no idea that that was like what they did, like the extent of what they did. It's so important. And I can't believe perhaps before they like did not exist. Yeah. I remember I saw our lead, Ophelia, who's brilliant. She was talking about how I can't imagine it being possible to work with that one, without an intimacy coordinator. And then it's juxtaposed with one of the guys on, from Game of Thrones was like, they completely mess up the heat of the scene. Like it's too choreographed. It feels too improvised. Like he's like, he basically was saying intimacy coordinators are ruining television <laughs> and like the heat of love scenes. But I couldn't disagree more. No. Especially as a woman. Yes. This seems like so basic, but like when you're talking about just like the kissing scene with you and Lennon, right? Like I'm not even thinking about that. Usually when I hear intimacy coordinator, I go immediately like Sydney Sweeney, 
fully naked in euphoria, right? Her like sex scenes. But the fact that there's someone there to be like, hey, like a mediator between all parties to make sure that everything is just very neutral. No one person is like using their power over the other person. I Like Sarah said, I cannot believe that this did not exist for however long. Like I did a movie probably seven years ago. A pretty famous actor. We were lucky enough to get him. He came to set and he has to kiss one of the actresses. And he fully shoved his tongue down her throat, like all the way into her mouth. And she had to be brave. And then she left set and was bawling. Just like, it was just such a shock. It just like having your mouth invaded by a stranger is completely unacceptable. Yeah. Like even just like kisses, you have to talk about it beforehand. Crazy. And like, so I'm watching House of Dragons and as I was watching it, the one where, I don't know if you've watched it, but the princess is banging her knight. That episode was so clearly directed by a woman because the way they shot it was so much hotter than when you see just like full on nipple, like tits and hard ass banging. And the whole time I'm just worried about the actress in this one and often in Euphoria, it, except some of the stuff when it's tragic, it feels very hot because you're not distracted by like body parts. And I think that that's great. Like the actress who played Rhaenyra didn't have to show her boobs. Everything was always covered and it was very hot and I loved it. You're exactly right. It's so different from like Game of Thrones sex scenes, which were so violent and like in your face. And Amelia Clark was basically saying after season three, maybe she was like, I'm not showing my tits anymore. We've had enough. Come on. And that's so, you know, that was like a giant role for her. And then of course they were like, okay. And then your entire naked body is going to not even be slightly hidden by your three dragons. And she had to just be like cool with it. And it's sad because she had to get to the point where she was like such a massive star on that show to be like, I'm not doing this anymore because she then had the power. Oh, God. Things are insane. This is insane. (laughs) We need intimacy coordinators in life. Like if there was like a mediator to be like, would you like to be kissed by this man you just met on Bumble? Okay, great. Proceed. She does not want tongue. Do not touch her breast. Exactly. In high schools, college campuses. Okay, let's talk about your skincare and makeup routine as an actor and like what your go-tos are. Like when you're auditioning, Now I'm hoping, you know, you guys are doing it in person again, or I don't know, maybe you prefer to like do it through Zoom. Always Zoom. Oh, it's still through Zoom? Yes. I haven't had an in-person audition in a hundred years. I don't know what it's like to park at 200 South La Brea anymore. I don't know what the fuck. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's been a minute. So then what are you doing? What, how are you making yourself, you know, look good through Zoom? Well, I have old favorites. We have these big box lights that we got specifically for this reason. I have some devices that I use if I'm working, like especially if I'm on a show, I'm like, oh, my face looks better because I'm being so consistent with these devices. And I've bought many, many devices, more often than not during Black Friday or at Costco. I got my new face Trinity at Costco. It broke at a certain point and they just gave me a new one because <laughs> it's Costco. And it was like well beyond the like six month new face warranty. So that's the best. When I use it religiously, 
I get lifted and sucked in. Like I get that Dr. Diamond contour that he's talking about. And I sort of have a giant chin. I'm like, nah, I'm Jay Wow. But when I use it, it's a little more snatched. It like, it just helps. And then I also love my Dr. Dennis Gross LED mask. When I wake up, I set my alarm for 4.30 or whenever if I have to leave at 5.30. For nine minutes, I'll do three sessions, which is not advised. You're supposed to do one. I'll do three three-minute sessions or I'll do two reds and then the red and blue to help with like hyperpigmentation. I honestly, I don't know if this is true. I feel like it like depuffs. It's like a miracle machine. They always have Black Friday deals. So I would highly recommend that to all of your listeners. I take it on trips. When I was doing gemstones in South Carolina, it saved my life. Like I didn't even have that much space in my bag. And I was like, okay, well, I'm bringing my cold balls, my Trinity new face and my cold balls. I mean, these Enzo steel balls that I'll like put in the fridge and then hold on my face if I have eye masks in the morning. And then Dr. Dennis, they saved my life. You are really speaking our language, Jess. Truly. We love it all. It's about texture. It's about tone. You want to feel plumped in the correct places. And my whole thing is low maintenance, is which is very high maintenance. So I don't have a total panic attack when I'm 45 and then just like attack my face with filler. I'm trying to just like be consistent with my skincare and my devices in order to like gracefully age. Yeah. And I think you're touching on a very important note in that like Kirby and I always like we talk about these devices all the time on this podcast, but it's like unless you're using it consistently, you can't just expect it to like change your face overnight. Like you really need to set your alarm do, you know, the sessions daily, if not, you know, a few times a week to really see it change. Yeah. Truly when I'm consistent, I'm like, oh, this is why that's prescribed on the box. It's like working out. (laughs) Yes, it is working out, especially that new face. It's a workout for your face. We also advocate for not buying these things if you're not going to be consistent. It's not worth your money if you aren't going to actually use it more than once a month to see results. Like it might give you a superficial lift like right out the gate, but the more consistent you are, the more you see the long-term results, which is what we we love to talk about on this pod. I've also done like beauty treatments that I think are great at a place called DMH Aesthetics. And they often have packages where I'll get like a package with microneedling, IPL, hydrofacial and I'll do like a series of those before like a big event where they'll be like spaced out like a month in between microneedling is like the jam yeah beauty is pain 100% is there anything that you avoid doing I've never worked on a set before but I wonder if like a director or someone's been like I can tell that girl has too many fake eyelashes on or I can tell that girl has like too much filler like in your community is it like okay do not do this. You will not get cast. I truly haven't worked with a lot of actors who've overdone it. I think everyone does a little, like at a certain age. I started getting Botox two years ago and and I have to sign a waiver that basically says that I'm getting less than they recommend. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm an actor. I have to be able to look mad and surprised. Like it's not something that I can avoid. So I can't go too nuts. I don't know if I'm 
talked about that with the general public before. But again, it's just about maintenance. And so I guess I'm more surprised than I am mad or scared uh, because I have the horizontals. And I'm just trying to avoid having to like reset the makeup and try to blur that all day long. It's more about maintenance. But I worked with most of the comedians. I do less dramatic work. So I feel like if I was on a more dramatic television show or movie, I would see a lot more of like the, ooh, boy, like the mom and selling OC. I haven't worked with a lot of cat women. Let's talk about Cursed Friends. This is like a good, like spooky season moment. So tell us about the movie, your character, and then where we can all watch and support it. Great. Cursed Friends came out on October 8th on Comedy Central. It's soon to be released on Paramount+. Plus. It is a very silly spooky movie that stars Harvey Guillen from What We Do in the Shadows, Nicole Byer from Nailed It, and Grand Crew, and Andrew Lewis Caldwell, who's like done a thousand episodes of Disney, and then it's produced by Will Arnett, and it's basically about a group of childhood friends who get back together after 20 years. In 2002, they started this MASH game, and then 20 years later, it starts coming true. They are basically haunted by these fates. It's almost like Final Destination. Like you're trying to avoid having 100 kids or be a grave digger or uh, (laughs) like die by smudge. We don't know how my brother's going to die in the movie. And it's basically like a race and it's like a friendship movie. And it actually is really, really funny. I watched it for the first time on Saturday when it premiered. And I was like, huh, that's the best. All of the guest stars are incredible. Nicole Richie is so talented. Ken Marino, Rob Riggle, Kathy Griffin, Joey Fatone. Joey Fatone. We got in sync in there. You know, Sarah and I are like, if we weren't supporting for Jess, we're supporting for Joey Fatone. <laughs> yeah, he flew back from Athens to film this this role because he was shooting number three, uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding. He flew back for a long, like, like four days to do it because he's so game. I love that guy. My mother does, too. Trust like Joey (laughs) Fatone was her drink of choice when I was 12. Love it. Love it. So I can't wait to see this movie. I'm a big spooky girl. It looks hilarious. So congratulations. And then we have Minx on HBO Max next year, next spring. Probably next spring. So exciting. Amazing. Jess, thank you so much. Sarah, thank you for making this happen. Obviously, I'm like the fangirl third wheel over here, but like truly love your work. What's that show from? Love your work. Oh, uh, Mean Girls. When he's like, Danny DeVito, love your work or whatever. <laughs> that, that's me to Jess. <laughs> we'll have to get together in real life and bring you some some goodies, Jess. But Jess, where can everyone find you and follow you and all of your hilarious but also beautiful antics? I'm never the earliest adopter and there are many Jessica Lowe's in the world. So I never get at Jessica Lowe. (laughs) I'm very bad at social media. My Instagram handle is Jess Marlowe, J-E-S-S-M-A-R-L-O. My Twitter is Megalomaniac. And I don't really uh, tweet or do TikTok because I'm old. But Jess Marlowe on Instagram is my, my main point. You're a great follow on Instagram. Everyone follow Jess if you don't already. All right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Los Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. 
Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson, and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.